perfect. In a, in a city with 10 million, in a city said, with I... 10 million people, there's traffic. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> do I look like a mess because I just came running up two flights of stairs? <laughs> oh, shit, you didn't need to hurry that bad. I'm pulling bread out of the oven. I'm, I'm just, I'm just pulling bread out of the oven and it's not quite ready yet. So back in. So well, I'm going to do this big, big secret for people. If you want to know how to cook bread and it's not cooked all the way through, put it back in your hot oven and turn the oven off. It'll cook. <laughs> it really, it's, it's magic. How you doing, man? People don't understand that temperature can hold for a few degrees in an insulated <laughs> thermo box. <laughs> it's an amazing thought pattern. All right, I'm going to try to get here with a better background since we're on YouTube all the damn time now. I was like, I, I should comb, I should comb my three hairs. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Sean, you stole that joke from me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I knew you were going to get me with it. Okay, so so you you want to end my political career today with the things you have on the list to talk about? <laughs> Technically, we don't have to talk. About <laughs> oh no, I don't give a shit. You know me. What's, what's it, it was at? something it was something I found so interesting the other day when I was listening to Bill Maher talking to Riley Gaines about right. transgenders and the women's swim team. Yeah. And yeah, I I really okay. didn't know what so, to make of it. <laughs> so here's here's the the challenge on on all of this. Um, the most vocal party of the left is the furthest left. Mm -hmm. And they really do feel like they're right on everything. It's, it's the thing is, is you and I can talk any politics and I can go into a room of right wing Republicans and talk politics with them. I can find something that they have that's valid. Right. Yeah. So find some common gonna, ground. Dude. Well, there's, there's, it doesn't mean I agree with them and it doesn't mean I don't think their philosophy is right or wrong or anything. Politics is about negotiating and, and people don't understand that. And so you, the other side gets a say, even if they're in the minority. And if they don't get a say, they will figure out a way to be louder. Does that make sense? So yeah. that being said, my wife and I are at home and we're watching a, I believe it was 60 Minutes, um, on that swimmer, the the male swimmer that used to be a male swimmer, now is a female swimmer. Okay, mm -hmm. so you look at that and go, and I said, oh, this is deadly. And she goes, well, you know. And I go, no, there's no there's no wells about it. So, so some cars are built for comfort, and some cars are built for speed, and then there are buses that don't go very fast, but they haul a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Every one of those is in a different category. And so the easiest way, I'm totally cool with transgender people. I've been in theater my whole life. Hell, I've almost dated a couple of trannies on accident back when they were just called transvestites, but they were, God, they were good looking. And then, and I was like, nope, not into that, but thank you. Are we allowed to say the word tranny anymore? I don't think so. Well, <laughs> I can because it's a 1980s reference. So you, and oh. we have to take history where oh, it is. God, it, history. Yeah. History right now, I have nothing at the trans community. So it's really important to throw that out there. And I'm going to get mail anyway. So mm -hmm. but is it okay to race a, uh, a car that was built for comfort against a car that was built for speed? Or is it okay to race a bus against a semi-truck? You know, 
there are men are built with bigger muscles. There is an argument to be had there where you go, it's not the same. And you go, the, the other side would go, yes, it is. And you go, no, I mean, it's just not. So when when I was speaking up in the, the OK2A, the real conservative group, mm-hmm. This comes up, and but they say it in a different, in a different manner about bathrooms, sports. Yeah, because they're There's... so fucking bothered about the damn places where people go to the fucking loo to, and I'm like, dude, that's not the issue. If you, okay, exactly. so they will actually have some liberals on their side if they actually phrase it better than constantly complaining but... about the fucking loo. <laughs> right. It's well, and 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 you know, you give me a logical argument, I will agree with you. I am. Yeah, my God, I I have as many problems with people in my party as I do people on the other side, because I've got to eventually, I have to deal with the whole public. I own restaurants. I don't Mm -hmm. get to choose a political side. I've got to be able to figure out how to get along with everybody. And it seems very logical to me that you can't take two things that are different. One is bigger and stronger than the other one in general, not not every time, Mm -hmm. in general. Um, and go, no, it's the same. It, the argument just doesn't work. And I'm okay with people who want to believe that way. You can do whatever you want to do. But when you are competing, especially in the southern parts of the United States, people's sports competition down here is, is insane. Mm-hmm. People hold their kids back in school so they'll be bigger than the next kids, literally costing their kids years of productive life in the workforce. Mm-hmm. So they are not about to let somebody get in and go against their kid that has a physical advantage. And, uh, and look, I, I mean, I, I really and truly think there, there are some times where we need to point something out that's just painfully obvious. And, and, you know, I don't care if I take political hits on it. It's, it's not that it's just, when I was in that room, we, you know, they started on the bathroom thing. And I said, look, what it's really all about is most of us just don't understand what these folks are are about. And we don't understand what they're doing and we don't understand why they do it. You know, there's been movies made for a hundred years about men dressing up like women. You know, I mean, Tootsie was the last huge one. There was a television show in the eighties and nineties. So that isn't the part that bothers us. The, it's just a political tool right now, but the, the sporting end of it, you, you gotta have some logic there. And did we really need to make laws about it? Yeah, because somebody decided to do it. And, Look, that girl had trained as a swimmer her whole life to swim against people that looked like her and yeah, were you, built like her. Did you see that first part of the conversation where she said, like, for the first 16, 17 years of her life, she didn't know she could grow eyebrows because that's what the right. chlorine does to her eyes? Like, that was that her crazy? dedication and thing in this boat. But the weird part was I didn't even know who the hell this was and why it was on that podcast list of Bill Maher. Yeah. So I just clicked right. on it to see what the hell it was. And then after watching the entire interview, I actually looked up the person she was talking about. And I was like, oh, right. shit. If I'm in a bar late at night and she tries to fight me, I am right. running out of there. I'm going to just start crying and be like, please don't hit me. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So, I mean, the, the best comparative they made on the show was boxing. You know, you're not going to have a featherweight fight against a heavyweight. When yeah. a heavyweight hits, they have a thousand pounds of pressure behind that. When a featherweight hits, he hits with 300 pounds of pressure. It looks like they're hurting somebody really bad because the other person's just as small, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, one punch from a big guy. But that's, that's a valid argument. Do I feel bad for the transgender person that can't compete at that level? 
I guess, but it's, mm -hmm. come on, man. You're, you're literally giving, when I saw that on TV, I literally was like these, this God, they got to stop this. This is the stuff that turns an election and yeah. we're stuck with some crazy effort for four years because of this. And, you know, I think everybody's special, but I'm also from the generation where nobody gave a shit about you. Nobody was special. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody, nobody was special in the same generation I grew up in. Right. Just because my dad was from <laughs> India and he didn't really give a shit about any of this. And he would basically right. just look at me and he'd be like, yeah, just go do it. <laughs> don't, right. don't like I was actually talking so, to somebody last night about like things similar to this. And I was like, dude, uh, if I was like, say six, seven years old, and I said something to my father, there were times where he would side with the teachers and not me, uh, never me. Right. Because he oh. always just, yeah, because he would just, <laughs> like the teacher would just walk up to him and be like, hey, you got a shitty one here that doesn't know how right. to spell correctly. And be like, did right. you hit him or should I go home and hit him? Because <laughs> if you've already done it, I'll probably give him one before dinner. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you've 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 met all of my kids. Um, mm -hmm. I I did not uh, baby any of them. Now yeah. the so I, I I think probably Kyle had the easiest life just because he was good looking and and was eloquent and got along with people really well. So he's, he's got the easiest go, but I didn't baby any of the girls or any, <clears throat> I mean, my, my oldest daughter was an all state athlete and, uh, and she was damn good at what she did. And she would be what you would call a hitter in sports. Like she didn't mind running it. And she was beautiful. Didn't mind hitting people or anything else <clears throat> and played college rugby for God's sakes, not a sport that dads are comfortable with their daughters playing. And yes, that's mm -hmm. sexist. But it's still true. I don't want my daughter's face getting getting the side of somebody's forehead and, mm -hmm. and changing her look for the rest of her life. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm a dad first. Before, before you go do all the Democratic shit, I'm a dad first. And this is my kid. But if a dude came in and played against her that was 30 pounds heavier, you know, she's put in all this work and all this way work her whole life. I mean, I, I don't mean in the mean way, just built differently. I yeah, don't we, know how else to say it. <laughs> so bigger, bigger, stronger muscles generally. And and I met some women that, that were, you know, Abby Wambach that played for USA soccer could play against any guy. But yeah. that's one person. It isn't. And, and the guys would say, come on. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's a step up to the next thing. This guy didn't make it as a swimmer. I mean, we got to look at the at the facts. Didn't make it as a swimmer his first two years. In the last two years, he was killing it. So I, it really sucks that this is in a position we're in where I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about it, but most people I know, you know, just go, oh, God, just leave it. Um, yeah. Look, transgenders have been coming into restaurants and working in restaurants. My, my wife had a guy working for her named Tim, and he was a better looking woman than, than a man. And we are literally at our hometown for Christmas. And one of the other servers calls Kathy and goes, he came dressed as a girl tonight. And I go, yeah, did anybody notice? And they go, no. And I go, well, shut up. Who cares? I mean, I don't care. But we are not Wait a minute. normal. Did he work when I was yeah. there? Because I didn't even know that there was a dude <laughs> or a yeah. girl or whatever we're calling. <laughs> but, he, but he was a beautiful female. So I used to do this mm -hmm. show called Martin City Melodrama. 
And we had a guy that was in the show and he, and he had phenomenal energy. People were attracted to him anyway. Mm-hmm. But he was also, tra- he was trans, but he also back then went and did trans shows, meaning transvestite shows. And hell, he was just stunning, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's just different. Like, I had, did you ever go to the gospel brunch here? Yes, I have. Eh? Dude, that thing okay. is the funnest thing, except they wouldn't right. stop picking on me. <laughs> well, you know, you were the brown guy in the crowd. <laughs> I know. And, Plus, and you have I, a sense of humor. Yeah, I did have a sense of humor, but also I was trying to like tone my accent down so I sound more Indian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that no, they would just they, leave me alone. <laughs> that that doesn't work. They knew you're they knew you had that snotty ass <laughs> British accent from the start. <laughs> but but that shows a good example. Neither one of those are trying to look beautiful. It's an act mm. and it's really fun. And uh and obviously you get into a rural area. Um, So my wife did a speech down in Southeast Oklahoma at some lake, and there was about 500 people there. And she opened the speech up talking about a United States senator. And I had written the speech. So, you know, I got to take responsibility for this. And he'd found out that his son was gay. And it changed his whole view about gay people because he finally had the experience of, oh, my God, it's somebody I love. They're just different. So she puts this in it. At the end, this lady that's in charge of that county comes up and goes, yeah, you can't talk about gay people down here. We don't have any. Literally. That you know of. We don't have any. (laughs) That you know of. And my wife said, (laughs) and my wife really politely said, well, we know you sent them all away to the cities and we've taken them in and loved them like our own family. Oh, dude, that was beautiful. (laughs) Right. What do you say to that shit? That was Mm -hmm. the I, I like, couldn't even come up with a shit. joke. <laughs> right. But but she's so in their areas when when mar- gay marriage became legal, especially in Oklahoma, the rural areas finally found out who was gay because they came in to be married. And they were like, we had no idea. We thought they all, you know, we thought we didn't have any is the way they. So in an area where everybody looks the same, if you are different, you will be ostracized and you will leave because you're not welcome or you feel fear all the time. And that's the thing that I would say to folks that are confused about all this or perplexed about it. This one swimmer is doing damage to everybody. It really is. Mm-hmm. The average person that is trans, gay, uh, bi, anything else, knows they're a little bit different and they're afraid. They're afraid that you know it and will physically hurt them or put them in the hospital or assault them. It isn't that they're trying to go in the bathroom and see somebody's pee-pee. You know who tried to see my pee-pee in the fucking bathrooms? Older fucking white men. When I was a little boy. Are we talking about the it priest was never... again? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. I was... No, this is... I remember I some dude being so. <laughs> oh, I know. You got to bring the priest in. Every... Well, you know what I mean? You're not wrong, but... You know, in a shopping mall when you're a six-year-old boy and you're in the bathroom going by yourself and some dude's staring at your what what your your little bitty junk. Um, it's it was never a trans person. <laughs> it was never mm-hmm. a gay person. You know, it, it was it, look there's there's something to be said about picking this vulnerable population to pick on. And and that dude, the swimmer, I'm sorry, is really muddying the water for no apparent reason. Um, you know, God bless him if he if he's trans. Good good for you, but you don't get to compete at that level. Yeah, other than 
the fact that the love of competition, I do not understand whether this puts trans people like 10 years behind the curve from what huh? progress they have made just because of him like beating the shit out of actual do I am I allowed yeah. to even say actual swimmers? Well, you're gonna you're or... gonna get you're gonna get some mail. You are gonna get some mail. So um I will tell so yesterday I'm in Kansas City and uh, or two two days ago and I have lunch with my childhood friend who's gay. And he was gay when he was a kid. He didn't want to be in the tent with the other girls, you know, when we were playing doctor and all this stuff. Um that is different. Like he literally is born different. Now, if you feel different and you want to be this other person, that's fine. But that is like taking a car and changing it into a truck or something else. You really are. You're not comparing the same things. And so in a competitive atmosphere, look, I'm telling you, I live in the area of the country where people will do anything for a competitive advantage. We will put up with coaches that are physically and and, and verbally abusive, just terrible, so they can win. If they win, they get to keep doing it. They get to keep being abusers down here if they win. Yeah. I got a guy in Poto, Oklahoma, that literally um, this kid's mom slept with him so the kid could be the starting quarterback. And the guy told everybody, and the mom told everybody. That was the exchange. That's what matters. Oklahoma is still is... keeping it classy. <laughs> <laughs> classy with a K. Classy with a K. So, so I and and a, as a person who had three daughters, look, my my one daughter, uh, all state. My other daughter was an all city champion here. You know, our city's only a million people, so you're not competing against everybody in the U.S., but you're competing at a high level. Um, and they were they were all three competitors, and so you. You go, we also have to figure out, is it fair to them? Yeah. I mean, how how only one side's consideration is happening is ridiculous. So mm -hmm. what I said in, in Ponca City, Oklahoma, which I'm sure I'll get some mail about, is I said, does everybody remember H. Ross Perot? I knew all these old farmers knew who he was. Did, do you know who this guy is? Crazy uh -huh. little five foot six guy. He, and, he made computer chips down in Texas and he was a multi-billionaire and he ran for president. He's the one okay. that got Bill Clinton essentially into office. And he just went in like, oh, both of you guys are incompetent. You can't do this. You can't do this. And he was funny as shit, but he was a little tiny guy. And he always brought charts with him. He would say, this is less than one-tenth of one percent of the population. And we are spending 20% of our political time on it. Mm -hmm. The math doesn't work. Why are we spending this much time on it? And should they be a protected class? I would say yes, because they're in fear all the time. That I will give you the protected class status. But you don't mm -hmm. get to come in and compete against my daughter as if everything's okay. Just yep. not cool with it. And this is out of a, what am I, a left-wing Marxist liberal agitator is what they call me. So, I, I look, Bill Maher um, sounded like he was on coke that day with that girl. I. I have never, that was an obscene conversation for an old man to have with a 23 year old girl. I know. Turned, Can I tell you? That on turned that, weird. On that particular podcast, I think yeah. just because he's that been like smoking weird. so much and drinking so much, it just goes like it derails itself towards the end of it. 
But I was uncomfortable. <laughs> I yeah, was even, uncomfortable. Dude, even I was like so, so nervous. I was like, I hope you'll edited this shit correctly because I don't want to see no, something right no, now. No, they didn't. <laughs> they did like you and I do. You just throw it all out there and see what happens. So so look, let's let's talk about so both of you and I would be considered to be left of center. Um, but we're both business owners. You know, mm-hmm. the other guy I do my podcast with, Kit Fairchild, is a business owner. So we don't have the same thought pattern as other folks. Now, did I think I knew about business before I owned businesses? Yes. I was always a know-it-all. <laughs> so <laughs> when, I worked, when I worked for people, I always knew the decisions they should have been making. Mm-hmm. The biggest lesson I had was owning my first business and understanding capital, capital reserves, all this stuff. And I would run myself within an inch of going broke because I didn't know any better. I also didn't know how to go get more capital or just ask somebody. You know, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know till you know. And this is the cost of being the first person in business. And what I would say, with, with especially on the left, is everybody thinks they know what will work for other people. You live an entirely different life in India than you lived here. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're in a city of 10 million people. Do you have access to the power structures you had here? Because you had them on your speed dial here. Oh, yeah. Anybody you really knew that needed to get stuff done, except a congressperson, you had on your speed dial. And we have them on our speed dial. They just won't do shit for us. <laughs> you know, they'll talk to us and they'll use mm-hmm. us for votes, but they can't do anything to help us because the stuff we need would make them look bad to their far right <clears throat> folks mm-hmm. you know which is how they got to get through a primary I, I i get the politics but sooner or later um when i grew up the democratic party was the party of labor you know yeah. and the block i lived on a bunch of the parents were affluent and they were professionals and they were republicans and my dad had grown up basically labor friendly and my mom was a school teacher so she was in a union um So I grew up with those similar ideals and I didn't really understand when people would argue politics. I mean, I I really, I'd be like, Mm -hmm. so what? So do you just think you should have everything? (laughs) You know, we don't, we don't ever talk about that. So what do we call, um, let's, let's say there's you're at the zoo and there's like three or four orangutans and there's 20 bananas and uh, one per one orangutan scares the other ones off and grabs all the bananas. I would call that drop-down economics. It'll ultimately <laughs> exactly. shit it out, and they can search to the poo to find right. it. And they can eat the shit. Space. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. So in America, is it called trickle down, trickle down economics, right. not drop down economics? Oh no, <laughs> drop down is it is drop down when they're eating bananas. <laughs> so so in America, he would be on the the cover of Forbes mm. and fuck the rest of them. Yeah. And that is how our system works. So the other ones have to go take some bananas. And so when they go to try to take some bananas, you go, why are you trying to take my stuff? And you go, no, you, you have all of it. If you have all of it, I've got to do something to you to get some of it. And if you don't like the way I do that, you probably mm-hmm. should share or take less of a portion you do, gluttony, be it money, food, sex, drugs, alcohol, is always bad. Oh, fuck yeah. So Can I, did, did, no. did that analogy make sense or did I sound like a fucking lunatic there? 
we usually sound like lunatic Sean. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, tell you the, I think that's pretty. I'm like, that's go ahead. <laughs> the best comment I saw on a Reddit thread where someone shared a podcast. Yeah. was a guy that said after episode 23 i was done with these guys <laughs> i was like good for you you <laughs> so he watched 23 of them 23 <laughs> you know that's some fucking political opponent of mine trying to find one thing i say and i go i will give you a hundred things you don't have to search that hard literally <laughs> i know i was like dude <laughs> We might be boring at this point, but actually, you should continue listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with these guys after 23 episodes. That's like a marriage in America, man. <laughs> so the the challenge, the challenge with all of this stuff is, um, you and I should be able to walk into a room, no matter which room it is, and find something that we can agree on in that room and move that forward. And we are no longer there. And I'm not agreeing with the female swimmer that was on Bill Maher's show because some of the oh, stuff no. she said she, was just she stupid. had some of those fucking whack job ideas about the election right. being stolen and that. Yeah. And go watch that stupid movie that I fucking hate. The oh god, yeah, yeah, god, you so know. So the movie. deal is, the deal is with sex trafficking, which and human trafficking. Um, mm. You know where the biggest trafficking site was. In Oklahoma, Oklahoma at the loves, the loves on like I-40. Now, yeah, if I, we I knew it if, was a crossroad thing. Yeah. If we knew that, it's I-40 and I-35 and then 44. I mean, it's it mm. literally is a crossroads of America. And we know the people that own the store. Literally, we know them. You go, so if we know that, why are there not 50 FBI agents there? Look, you, you, people, people are like, and then the deal, slavery was bad. You go, well, quit buying shit from China. I mean, hey, get a little hands put together those chips correctly. Damn it. Exactly. Your back fingers right. can't fucking do that, Sean. I don't know what you're do you remember. Do you, <laughs> do you remember that was the cell for child labor in Germany is to do really? the, the actual shells they had to send out? They needed the hands to go in there and dust them because when the when the uh, when the powder would explode, if there was stuff in there, it might shoot them one side or another. So all of it had to be polished out, seriously. So they used um, little kids, and unfortunately, they were probably Jewish little kids that were that were in concentration camps, and that was their work. But look, anybody can find an excuse to make all this shit up. Human trafficking happens right in front of us. It happens to Americans. And we are acting like this movie uncovered something. And you go, oh, I don't sure. know. Do what? No, I say, am I depressing this movie? Everybody. <laughs> oh, yes, Sean. If some Sean, if somebody kills themselves what because I do. of the shit that we talk about, <laughs> I'm going to be in so much more trouble than you. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. The thing is that people watch this movie and they pretended like this is the first time they ever heard about that in their life. Right. And I was like, yeah. well, it's been happening to black and brown people all over the world for Forever. centuries, eons at this point. <laughs> Suddenly, yeah. because this movie cast it correctly, where now you're fearful about people who look like you who are going to get human right. trafficked. So now you have to give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'll give you an example. So I'm in, I'm in Italy and I'm on a train. And... Uh, there's two American girls sitting across from me and my wife and I are on the train and there's a central European guy that's trying to flirt with him. 
and he's trying to help them carry their luggage back to their apartment. And so we're getting off the train and I said, girls, I'm sorry. As a dad, I, I got to step in here. Don't let this guy take your luggage back to your apartment. He wants to know where you live and somebody's going to come back later and fucking kidnap you. And they were like, what? And I go, oh yeah. And the guy tried to jump in and, you know, and I had to get in a bit of a squabble with him, but I wasn't mm-hmm. going to stand and watch this happen um, because I knew the game he was playing and he was a good looking kid, but he's the setup guy. And then somebody magically comes and grabs you or breaks into your place or steals your shit. Doesn't mean they're going to necessarily traffic you. But look, this isn't new. It's been going on since the beginning of time. I, There are countries where women get raped and have to marry their rapist for fuck's sake. I mean, we, we are living in a bubble here that I, I can't believe nobody sees this other stuff. But it it's awesome for the Christian community to finally realize the porn they're watching is is some trafficked human. You know, maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll I know. switch channels or something. I mean, that's the part that I don't see anybody putting together or the hookers or anything. You ever see these guys? Uh, so there there's a trans lady that does a report on who gets busted for sex crimes. And oh, it is, is this like that? Uh, is this like that weird show? Uh, the she's on. Show. She's on TikTok. So uh, okay. no, she's on tick No, it's you're you're talking about to catch a predator. Okay. I'll, I'll t- <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the beast sometime on that one. Uh, but we actually so have she, talked about that guy. <laughs> oh, we have. Okay, all right. So good. We don't have to do that again. That's probably what turned the guy off finally. So this lady, but she gives she gives the let, and what it really seems to come down to is public officials, police, um, obviously teachers and whatnot. But it's 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 never trans people. Well, I can't say never. There were like three in the United States in a six month period that had committed some version of a sex crime. Three, mm-hmm. and all thousands of all these other folks. So it it we just. Less than one half of 1% of the population. We just got to get back to it and go, do we spend 20% of our, our time and resources on it? Which what? tells you it's not about them. Yeah, Since sorry. more than 50% of America believes that there are angels, can we focus on that part yeah. of the campaign, please? Um, so, so the angel <laughs> part of the campaign. has like yeah. two wings. The angel wings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> All right, so let me tell you something that happened to me. So I, I, I gave this speech up in Ponca City, and I talked about reading and getting the SEAL Team 6 of reading to go to these failing schools where it becomes cool to go on that bus and learn how to read shit because it's the single most important thing we could do. Yes. Are Just you waving? to give people background, <laughs> Sean is talking oh. about his plan where he wanted uh, schools that have trouble with people with reading and writing where – we have like a group of teachers that can show up there and educate and kind of catch them up, kind of like an after-school tuition class. Right. And test their eyes, test their reading abilities, everything else. Because there's a hundred reasons that people fall behind on. So um, my my school superintendent friend, Ryan Walters, stole a page from my thing. And that's what he talked about in Tulsa was reading. But he didn't use any of my ideas on how to get people to read. He just said, it has to be better in one year. You're like, so do you know how to do that? So really what it is, is if you read 15 to 30 minutes a day within a year, you're going to be proficient. Literally. It's, it's that simple. But how do you get people excited to read whose parents don't read? Okay. If your parents don't read, you that. don't read. Oh, God. So, so here's what I was just saying earlier. My dad was an immigrant. So the TV was on in our house. Sun up to sundown. TV. I mean, just 
fucking 24 seven. It was like a movie just blaring in the background all the fucking time made me crazy. And, uh, but he didn't read, but my mom did, but she taught all day. So she didn't really read in front of us. She'd been reading all day. Mm -hmm. So I didn't grow up seeing that, but I'm at my friend's houses. Their parents read like the TV wasn't on. Like, like both of them the would time. have a book. <laughs> like they'd, they'd have a book and they read. And so the biggest change that I ever saw that I didn't grow up in this environment. So I didn't know any better. So I go over to this kid's house. His name's Gibby Kerr, K-E-R-R, -R, not of the oil family curse, but I'm sure he's probably a distant relative. So we, we're over to his house and we're getting ready to go. We got a keg in the car and we're going to get ready to go have a party somewhere. And he is going through his his books for that year it's uh, junior year in high school or sophomore year so he, he is reading his social studies book his math books his geometry but all of this stuff and he goes through them all page by page by page and so my sister goes you mean like a summer reading list and i go no he pre-read everything so he was so far ahead of everybody that literally school was easy for him he wasn't a genius That's somebody just said well let's go get you the books and right I didn't know to do that or I would have done it. It's like a version of cheating, but in a really smart freaking way. So this, so I learned that it's different in other people's houses because I had access to this group of friends that were very, very, very smart. Mm -hmm. But I also found out that they're not really very, very, very smart. They study different. You and I have talked about study groups. Why, why are your people so smart? Cause they do study groups. It isn't that you guys are really you might be slightly smarter. I don't know. I, I think malnutrition's got to come in there somewhere coming from India. I just, you know. Have you seen us I, ever qualify for the World Cup in football? That is soccer? You, no. Yeah. So what no. do you think the malnutrition? No. We're using all our energy for our brains, damn it. <laughs> That's right. We're not yeah. running. You, you, got a, you got a team of 11 engineers that beat anybody's ass. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're like, how about we program the system that does the video review? But whether right. the ball went in or not, <laughs> leave us in the background. Yeah. You program that shit. We are not running behind the ball for 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making America lose. <laughs> I how, know. How I saw that. Uh, I was so sad. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. But so Ryan Walters gets into his deal and he's and he has a press conference for no apparent reason. This guy's just an asshole. If, if any of you don't, haven't watched any of our other our episodes, the guy's a jackass. But that's what he talks about is reading. And, I, and, it's, and he didn't say it's the most important thing because you can't order at McDonald's. The, the sell on it is, is you can't order at McDonald's anymore if you can't read. Oh, my that's God. That's the By sell. The, way, the link of his China video is in our previous video's description if anyone wants to watch that. But you can't read a to-go or a drive through menu is like the dumbest fucking reason. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's look, the, this is... the. In this society now, it's necessary that you read. So we got to find out more ways to do it, more interactive ways. And, you know, some of them will fail and some of them will succeed. But, yeah, that prick um, goes out and, and he's just on his attack thing. So yesterday he didn't attack Tulsa Public School. So he'll be doing it again today. So it's every other day. They're that predictable. It's, it's almost boring. <laughs> I want to offer our marketing strategies for them, but I can't be involved with that loser. Okay. Speaking about marketing, and I'm going completely off topic. So yep. I ran into the head of, uh, I think he's the head of Anheuser-Busch for India. Yep. Cool. So they have launched uh, 
the Magnum whiskey. Yeah. Made the by big condom. Yeah. And you asked yeah, me the big do people know that it's a condom. And I was like, no. <laughs> Have you seen our population? Of course we don't know it's a fucking condom, damn it. <laughs> we are just like, oh, give me the Budweiser Magnum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but if Lord. we do that in America, someone's going to be like, okay, here's a condom yeah. soaked in fucking Budweiser. Is that what you asked? <laughs> We'd have to sell it with a condom over the bottle. So if you if you met that guy and you ever get into a conversation, with, I used to play for them um, soccer when I was in high school. So I don't know oh, if you know that. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're, we had two Anheuser-Busch teams in Missouri, and I was on the Kansas City side, and then St. Louis had one. Nice. So they basically talking. I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Evidently, I was pretty pretty good back then. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, right, I'm going to be that guy who's going to show up with a football no. in the background tomorrow so that I can tell I will not I be that you guy. about how were you in I high school not... at football. <laughs> the actual funny story is they gave me this beautiful uniform. And I had one of the neighborhood girls that was a little more giving than the other neighborhood girls. And so uh, before a game, I kind of hung out with her a little bit. But it happened to be like in a garage and I got oil all over my beautiful brand new Anheuser-Busch uniform. And these were like, there was nobody had uniforms like this. Like it was the coolest shit you've ever seen. And my black oil spot all over. Have I ever been this quiet during a story? (laughs) And and I couldn't, and Deepak, I couldn't tell anybody what happened because I'd be in trouble twice rather than just once. No, I know. (laughs) Have that going for me. Okay, so so they um, on. so I didn't know this, but Anheuser Busch actually has uh, Hoogarden under their brand. So Hoogarden's launching oh. a gin in India, and they oh. partnered up with a Bollywood actor called Shahrukh Khan. They're doing uh, Shahrukh Khan. Yeah, they're doing some sort of uh, whiskey or something called Diablo. And the reason why I was talking to him was they have, they have a whiskey named Devil. No, Diablo, yeah. Diablo is devil. I know that. In Spanish. I know okay. that. I'm very well aware of all the devil names in different languages, Sean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Having been called that in multiple countries, I should be aware yeah. by this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so he was telling me about... Uh, so right now, Budweiser, actually, for the first time in all of their operations, have beat Kingfisher as the top-selling beer in India. God, you're kidding me. Yeah. Wow. That's why he Damn. was in there, dude. Like, irritating huh. me while I was trying to just get out of there. <laughs> That's awesome. Jeez, oh, Pete. I mean, is that good that your population is drinking more alcohol? I- I, I to me it isn't because I'm like okay these places are way too crowded nowadays for my liking. <laughs> right. So about about ten years ago, the alcohol industry started uh, targeting women because you know only about twenty percent of women really drank, not not had a glass of wine, but you know drank like for real. And so I, I saw some deal last week, and they're like, yeah, alcoholism is up in women, and I'm like, did you guys not see this correlation coming? Honest to God. Right.